I said from Mark 13, verses 1 to 8. This is, uh, this is an interesting story, to say the least. It's known as the Olivet Discourse. And as he came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, look, teacher, what wonderful stones and what wonderful buildings. And Jesus said to him, do you see these great buildings? There will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. And as he sat on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter and James and John and Andrew asked him privately, tell us when will these things be? And what will be the sign when all these things are about to be accomplished? And Jesus began to say to them, see that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name saying, I am he, and they will lead many astray. And when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places and there will be famines. These are all but the beginning of the birth pains. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now, the reason that we're talking about this prophecy and uh, its deeper meanings uh, today is because it's technically the last day of the Christian year, or I should say the last Sunday of the Christian year. The first Sunday in Advent always marks the new year or the new uh, beginning of the new Christian year. And uh, so don't be surprised if we greet you next uh, Sunday morning with Happy New Year because it is the first Sunday of the Christian year. And so we always close with recognizing Christ as King and the imminence of his return as King. It's going to happen. Christ is going to come again. This particular passage, though, is one that is often misunderstood and misused, and I feel that it's a very important part of my job to help you have a better understanding of Scripture. And so I would love to share with you just briefly what this passage is about and what it's not about. Jesus is telling the disciples exactly what was going to happen and would culminate in 70 AD. Now, a lot of people read this passage and they think that he's talking about our times and the times that we are anticipating. And what I would say to you is, is that that's not wrong, but what you should recognize is that this is a sign that he's giving us. He's giving you a road sign to look at, to tell you how to recognize things to come in the struggle for the world and all that God has created in it. And so first you need to understand that everything that was predicted to Daniel by the angel Gabriel in uh, chapter seven through eight of, or seven, eight, nine of, of Daniel, basically Jesus is just affirmed. He actually says it a little bit later in this passage. Um, that, that everything Daniel was told is getting ready to happen. And he's talking to them in this sort of confidential briefing on the side of the, the Mount of Olives. And as they're looking down at Jerusalem and he's saying, guys, 
most of you will be around to see this happen, so don't get anxious because you know what this means and what it's about. And so I can't give you today the in-depth version that I, I have spoken of in other, like if you go on our, our Right Now Media channel and do, uh, you can watch videos of my uh, Revelation Bible study, I go into great depth in the Revelation Bible study that's on our Right Now Media channel. But, but basically what I want you to hear is, is that Jesus said that there is not gonna be one stone left on another. As beautiful as that was, I mean, I'm trying to imagine, I don't know, the Capitol building in Indianapolis or, or the county courthouse or some really beautiful structure and imagine me or someone else you know saying, you know, I promise you within the next 60 years, you're gonna see that disappear. There won't be a stone left on another. You've seen places here in town, you know, I, I drive by that beautiful library and arts center every uh, day, just about twice a day. And I remember when there used to be a building there that was ugly and it's gone now, and that's there in its place. So we all know what that's like. Those of you who have been to Israel can attest to the fact that if you stand on the Mount of Olives and you look over at the temple area where it used to be, you don't see a temple there anymore. And if you get down into that valley around the base of the Temple Mount, you will see the rocks and the stones that made up the temple scattered all over the place because Jesus said that soon there would be a lot of problems in and around Jerusalem and not one stone would remain on top of the other. And that is true. It is absolutely true. In fact, history is recorded very well and very accurately throughout that period. And uh, the fact is, is everything Jesus said would happen, the earthquakes, the famines, the wars, the rumors of wars, all of it happened. All of it happened in the first hundred years after he said that those things would come to pass. And he said that to affirm what Gabriel was told, or what Gabriel told Daniel, I should say, because Daniel prayed fervently that the people would get to come back from Babylon to be in Jerusalem again and worship in the temple again. And God had such a soft spot for Daniel. I just have to take an aside here and tell you that if you do your homework, you will find that Daniel is the only main character in the Bible, in the New Testament and the Old Testament both, that never has a bad word said about him. You never hear anything cross said about Daniel. You know, he was just that awesome in God's eyes. And so when he prayed, that the people could go back to Jerusalem and they could worship in the temple again. God sent his number one messenger, Gabriel, to Daniel's side, even before Daniel was done praying, to tell him, here's what you can expect. And Daniel was told everything that happened from that moment forward till the destruction of the temple and the end of Jerusalem as a holy city in that period that Jesus then refers to. Now, why is that important to us? Because Jesus said a lot of things that, yet, that have yet to come. One of them, chiefly, is that he's returning. Now, I think that you have to take notice of the fact that if Jesus pinpoint accuracy, his pinpoint accuracy about everything that came to pass around that Olivet Discourse 
If, if you look back and, and you see that everything he said, exactly as he said it, came to pass, that you can pretty much bet that everything else he said is gonna play out exactly as he said it would. So you faithful Christians, you, you can come to church and you can be here a lot over the years of your life and you can forget that this is about gathering in his name and anticipating his return. That, that that's what this is ultimately all about. That we do a lot of things that make us uh, happy and we enjoy all of the comfort and the, the encouragement we get from being part of this Christian family, but we are a Christian family waiting for our king to come and to take us where he is. That's the essence of the word Advent. So next week, when we start the Advent season, it's important that we start by remembering that it's an Advent of his return. Now, Advent is a term that basically means um, it's going to happen, and it's as soon as maybe the next turn of the calendar. You know, it, it's that close. That's what Advent means. You know, if you're on the eve of something, it means that you're that close. So that's what the term Advent means. And we need to understand that, that what Advent is referring to is our anticipation of the certainty of God's plan being fulfilled. And that plan involves Christ returning again. And so if I could take just a moment and tell you that what we really anticipate, if we take out the misinterpretation that is often present in the way that many evangelicals interpret Daniel's prophecies into the future. See, I think Daniel's prophecies and everything Jesus said on the Olivet Discourse, it happened. So what we read in other prophecies about things that have not yet happened, we should take as they're written. When in doubt, Assume the Bible means what it says and says what it means. And it's always worked for me and it's always been proven by the scripture. The best interpreter of scripture is scripture. So the Bible tells us that in the advent of Christ's return, that God's going to activate God's war room or throne room up there. And you can read this in Revelation and uh, in the earliest chapters and you'll understand what I'm talking about. But basically, heaven's throne room is gonna go to what we would call in this country, DEFCON 5. Like, you know, it's going to be all out war. It's, it's going to be God saying, it's time. And a number of things are going to unfold. And there is for many Christians and a lot of evangelicals debate and argue about this one quite a bit, but we're just going to touch it carefully here for a minute and say that if we're talking about this situation playing out and whether we're going to live through it or not, some people will say, well, what about the rapture? And my answer is, is there is certainly going to be a rapture, but what we don't know is exactly when that's gonna happen. The only thing we know for sure is that when Christ returns, we will be taken up with those who have died in Christ to follow him as he takes control once again of all things on earth as our king. So does that happen seven years before, three and a half years before, or at the moment when Christ returns? Not gonna talk about that today, sorry. All I'm gonna say is, is that he is coming again and we'll be with him when he takes control of everything and we will be resurrected 
in that moment, whether living or dead, so that we are like him after his resurrection. This is the advent that we celebrate. And let's face it, we've kind of gotten conditioned to enjoy candy-coated Advent. You know, we, we kind of like the whole anticipation of Christmas thing. And, and you know what? I've let the world have Christmas. The world can take Christmas and do whatever the world wants to do with it. But here, where I worship with you, we're going to try to stay focused on what it was always intended to be. And what we want to look at is not only the beautiful, amazing events that occurred when Jesus was born, and there's a lot for us to learn about the nature of things from that story about Jesus's birth. So you wanna keep coming back because we'll be talking about all of that. But this Eve of Advent, I just want you to understand that as certainly as everything about his birth was predicted and fulfilled to the letter, you could be certain that everything said about his second coming will be certainly fulfilled. And we wanna be ready for that. So it's important that we remain vigilant as people of Christ. We, we don't want to, to live in fear, but rather informed. Um, I like to think of it this way, and it's, it's kind of a bad analogy, but I can't help myself. What Jesus has taught us is signs to look for, and what that would be like is if there's a minefield somewhere nearby, you wanna know what the signs mean that tell you don't go here. <laughs> and then, of course, you want to avoid the danger or you wanna disarm the danger. And so what we are looking at as we read scripture in these, eve, these Advent evenings of anticipation of Christ's return is the signs that we've been told to look for that tell us where the danger is and where the hope is coming from. So the last thing I'm gonna to say to you is something that some of you have heard me say many, 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 many times. The two chief signs, the two most obvious signs that you can look for to recognize the danger is wherever you say chaos and oppression. And the two chief signs you can look for to recognize the life-giving presence of Christ is where you see cosmic order and you see an eternal joy. You know, these are the things that tell you which direction you want to go. When you're watching for signs, wherever you see the chaos, the disorder, the disruption, and it always leads to oppression, you are moving in the direction of great danger where the kingdom things are concerned. So get excited about everything that Christ is doing in our midst, but let us never forget that while all of these things are happening in our midst, things are happening in the throne room of God right now that we can't see and we can't know for sure what the timing is, but if we wanna understand what's going on, it's all written for us in God's word as it is expressed in the Holy Bible. And I would encourage you throughout the next year as we come into a new year in the Christian calendar that this would be your resolution to gather with a small group of people in a class or even a band of three or four and talk about these things as read scripture together and learn to recognize the signs so you can encourage each other along the way 
that leads to salvation and hope and joy. And you can bring, as our witnesses from the youth and the Honduras team have just shared with us, you can bring the gospel good news to others who are totally ignorant of these things. Let us pray. I thank you, God, for your word, and I ask that you burn it upon our hearts for your name's sake.